Hey guys, welcome back to the Blair White Project. So we have a lot to get into today. We have Dylan Mulvaney complaining about no one being in the DMs, no one sliding in there. And Dylan posed the question, why is no one wanting to date me? So you put it out there, I'm going to answer that question. Uh, we have <laughs> Jeffrey Marsh, who is now sending, or at least okay with his followers, attacking a Muslim woman who criticized him online. We have a bunch of woke TikToks to react to. We have some detransitioner news. And we just have a lot to talk about. So without further ado, let's get right back into it. So Dylan Mulvaney put out this very um, cringe interview. I just like, listen, we all know Dylan's cringe, okay? I'm not spilling any new tea here. Like Dylan is cringe. I think Dylan's probably self-aware about being cringe. Um... My issue isn't really with Dylan being cringe, right? Like, I think that there is a particular hate boner that people, particularly people on the right, have for Dylan. And I don't hate Dylan, but the fact that Dylan, you know, went to the White House to, like, promote children transitioning as someone who would never have to deal with those consequences because Dylan transitioned as an adult and in all likelihood can have children. Um, but it's advocating for taking that, you know, human right away from children who may or may not feel trans, you know, that's the bigger issue for me, right? And so, you know, I saw conservatives um, a few days ago on Twitter. It was like this viral thread. It was just like people getting so mad about Dylan, like doing a um, a blender sponsorship, like literally like a kitchen blender. And I was like, you guys really weaken whatever valid arguments you have against Dylan's behavior by like spurking out about a blender, <laughs> like a blender ad on Dylan's Instagram. It's like, stop. However, that's not to say that Dylan isn't doing a lot of cringe stuff. So Dylan did an interview with this publication called Them, which is sure to be just the name alone. It's like them. Why is no one DMs? Dylan Mulvaney discusses dating as a trans woman. The TikTok star said she is somebody who should not be single. That male entitlement, I just... It's that male entitlement, like, people who act like trans people are not, like, showing remnants of, like, their biological sexual socialization. It's, like, that entitlement to sex that a lot of trans women put out there. It's that entitlement to, like, a partner. It's like, that's such a male thing. So step one, Dylan. We're going we're gonna to give Dylan a master class on how to get a date. Because I generally want to help because I do feel like everyone deserves love. I'm not actually being sarcastic in any way. I feel like everyone deserves love. Um, including Dylan. You know, I, I think that Dylan is a demon or as Alex Jones would say, a goblin demon for going to the White House and promoting children transitioning. I think that is demonic. But aside from that, you know, that ugly, you know, dark-sided soul within Dylan, Dylan's still a human and I think everyone deserves love and that might actually soften the demon energy within her. So... <laughs> They don't, I'm going to read a little bit of this. They don't call it second puberty for nothing. For those of us who transition as adults, not only do we go through the same psychological changes teenagers do, hormones can alter the way you experience emotions. And anyone who's been through the first year of transition can tell you those emotions often feel distinctly teenage in their intensity. I will agree with that. I went through that. Dylan Mulvaney is leaning into the concept of trans do-over as she searches for the person to have her first kiss with after coming out as a trans woman. The TikTok star, who uses she and they pronouns, First of all, I don't know if Dylan's attracted to men or women. If you're attracted to men, drop the they. Right? Because like, as someone who has experience, obviously, with trans attracted men and someone who has been trans for almost a decade and has dated in all that time and had successful relationships in that time, ain't nobody who's attracted to trans women trying to kiss a they. So drop the they. That's step one. We're already we're already giving solid advice here. So <laughs> I just can't. Dylan says, I'm getting a little impatient because especially when you're feeling yourself and even looking at the Grammys picture, I'm like, that's somebody who should not be single. Mulvaney told the publication. But then you're like, wait, why is no one in the DMs? They added that they hope to find a relationship and that they feel as though they get a do-over as far as some of those negative experiences that I have had romantically. First of all, it's so cringe that like this publication goes back and forth between using she and they. Like just because, I don't know, I, the pronoun stuff's stupid. But anyways, so, <laughs> what 
we're going to do now a dating while being a trans woman 101 here. First of all, like I said, you drop the they. Because, you know, as much as conservatives will say that, like, you know, men who pursue trans women or date trans women or have sex with trans women are gay, for which it is a little fucking gay, um, they also still like female energy and woman-ish energy, right? It's like if they didn't, they would just date men. So you, So they're gay, but they want to date trans women. So clearly there's something different about trans women than like a guy, right? So for me, I have a hard time imagining, and I'm not trying to be mean here, who would actually date Dylan based on the fact that Dylan is such a caricature. And when I say that, what I mean is Dylan is wholly performative, right? Dylan's entire existence seems to be, seems to be a performance, seems to be very like, you know, exaggerated emotions and, ah, and it's like, I feel like people that are like that in general have a hard time finding a date, but also when you're trans, this, this is what they don't tell you about being trans. And I can only speak from my experience, right? So I'm a trans woman who is lucky enough that like I pass within society. And so dating for me is going to be different than like a Dylan Mulvaney. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to say Dylan, you don't pass, blah, blah, blah. but it's like objectively, I don't think Dylan walks into a building without people knowing that Dylan is biologically male, right? It's like, I'm not trying to be mean. You put it, you put this question out there. Why is there no one in the DMs? I'm just trying to give the explanation. So it's not to say that trans women that don't pass can't get dates because I'm going to be, I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. The most busted, low effort trans women I know still are inundated with DMs from men. Because at the very least, trans women are highly sexualized and objectified. This is just true. And so for Dylan to not be, I think the explanation here is, first of all, no one wants to date someone who every aspect of their life is on social media like that. Like Dylan puts every little iota of information about themselves on TikTok and turns it into content and is doing wacky stuff. And it's like, that's your gig and that's cute. But like, who wants to do that with you? That's going to take a very special person, right? Trans aside, even being on social media aside, because I'm on social media, but if you haven't noticed, I keep a lot private. And I've actually learned through the years to be more private about personal relationships because I want to protect those, right? Dylan, I could see Dylan getting a boyfriend in like day one, day one of having a boyfriend. Like that's not, that's not what a lot of men want. Second of all, I swear to God, people are going to like perceive this as being mean. I'm actually not trying to be mean. This is a question that Dylan has presented. Why is no one in the DMs? Here's one of the explanations. Dylan gives off gay boy energy. Not trying to be mean. This is an issue with a lot of trans women. A lot of trans women can't let go of that like gay boy energy from their teenagehood or their early... So again, we can make all the jokes about how like trans attracted men are gay that we want. I personally think it's its own sexuality. I've never been with a guy who's been with guys. I've been with guys who've been with women and trans women. And to me, it's like, that's not the same as like a gay guy. I think it's its own sexuality. It's definitely on the Kinsey scale, right? Like it's not all the way straight. That's just not a thing. Um, but what I know about the men who are attracted to trans women I'm speaking from personal experience here. They still like a female energy. And when you're giving off a gay boy energy that Dylan does, and again, that's something that can be shaken off with years of, you know, being in transition and something a lot of them grow out of eventually. But it's like that like like performative, like, you know, like gay, effeminate energy. That's not what trans attractive men are into. This is all assuming, by the way, that Dylan's into men. Because I could just as easily see Dylan not being into men, if I'm honest. I could Dylan gives off into women energy. That's people don't like talking about. There's a big difference between trans women who are attracted to women and trans women who are attracted to men. Right? People can be so mad about this. I don't care. People get mad at me about so much. Been here. Been there, done that. Seven years in the game. I, I breathe and someone shits themselves. Like, okay. 
there is a big difference between trans women who are attracted to women and trans women who are attracted to men. When's the last time that you saw one of these insane stories about trans woman rapist and it was a trans woman who was attracted to men? Just putting it out there. You look at some of the very sexist stereotypes that Dylan has crafted the character of Dylan Mulvaney, for which Dylan is a character. Those are like very like male-minded stereotypes of women, right? For me, you know, this is something that, you know, Dylan has been trans for like a year. And so this is, Dylan may very well grow out of a lot of this, but Dylan doesn't seem to let themselves just be right like dylan is like it just seems like such a character it's like where's the real dylan and like the real dylan is what someone would want to date right but like this like oh song and dance all the time and i'm a bimbo not shit it's like i don't know if you actually were a bimbo i think you'd be more likely to get a date but when you're someone who's trying to pretend to be a bimbo for clout, that's like different than being a bimbo. Does that make sense? There's like being a bimbo and then there's like, I'm a bimbo and I'm just like being offensive to women. It's like, that's the difference. So I think to answer Dylan's question, why is no one in the DMs? It's again, because you're a character. People like who would, they don't even know what they're pursuing to date because what is who is the real Dylan? And that's the thing about like TikTok creators in general, by the way. I often hear all these people talking about the success, the key to success on TikTok is being yourself. That's a lie. You think any ounce of Dylan's content is Dylan being themselves? Dylan's one of the most successful TikTok creators and it's entirely an act. And I'm not saying an act in the sense of like Dylan's not really trans. I actually do think Dylan is trans and I've said that from day one, right? Dylan has gotten like a trans surgery at this point. Dylan, I don't know if Dylan's on hormones. I just, I just don't think don't people act like I'm so mean when you put yourself out there like this people people speculate I don't see Dylan being on hormones with Dylan's body composition that I see like the first year of hormones I expanded the first year of hormones every trans woman I know expands that like bony like like body thing that like a lot of us have before transition goes away like that's the quickest thing to go away and Dylan still seems to have that and it's not being mean because I don't think that body type is unattractive I'm just saying I don't know if Dylan's on hormones but I do think Dylan is trans um so it's the act it's the gay boy energy it's all of that and I think if Dylan grew out of that and learned to just be like a trans woman it would be different because Trans women that are actually trans women don't actually have problems getting dates. I know that's like, people don't like to admit that. Conservatives don't like to admit that. Liberals play the victim game and oh, no one wants to date trans people because everyone hates them. And conservatives play the game, no one wants to date trans people because everyone thinks they're gross. Neither of those are actually true. Um, so Dylan, if you're not experiencing love in the way that I do feel you deserve, Oftentimes the problem is you, right? It's like, if you're not getting results, it's you. It's not the, it's not the world. But anyways, that's that's it on why no one's in the DMs for Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. Hope you find love. Um, stop advocating for kids transitioning. It's really demented and you're going to go to hell for that. Um, <laughs> speaking of people who are going to hell, me. Just kidding. Actually, probably. But anyways, Jeffrey Marsh is definitely going to hell because... We all, we all have seen, you know, Jeffrey Marsh has been going viral on like most platforms um, for, you know, acting like a groomer, for making videos directed at kids, you know, sending them to his Patreon where he has posts up like the one I'm going to put on the screen, which is more on sex. So you're making videos for kids. And this is where the people defending him will say, they're not all for kids. He hasn't specifically addressed kids. I have never seen a creator specifically address kids more than Jeffrey Marsh. In fact, I rarely see kid like creators that aren't actually on like YouTube kids, for which I don't watch YouTube kids, obviously, but like I would imagine those creators be, hey kids, that's what Jeffrey Marsh does on TikTok. If you have six, seven videos for which 
play the clip back. We played them all on this channel, whatever. Starting, hey kids, I'm here to talk to the kids for kids only. Like you have a platform targeting kids. And that's okay if you're making kid-friendly content, but it's surely not if you're trying to funnel them to your Patreon where you have posts talking about more on sex, how to disconnect from your parents. That's an issue, Jeffrey Marsh. It's an issue. So this issue, TikTok creator's car vandalized following criticism of non-binary, no-contact advocate Jeffrey Marsh. A popular TikTok comedian has reported her car was vandalized following a series of videos she did criticizing non-binary activist Jeffrey Marsh for allegedly inviting minors to communicate with him privately. Um, you know, I don't really think that's alleged at this point. I mean, I, I guess you can play the game of not all the videos are, you know, directed towards kids. Okay. But many of them are right. And then you can play the game. Well, kids don't have debit cards. Are you nuts? When I was a kid, I would play all types of video games for which, you know, you could buy items. So like I would play Diablo two every day as a kid. I was, I was a little like gamer that did not leave the house. I would steal my mom's credit card all the time to buy items. You want to tell me a kid watching a Jeffrey Marsh video talking about, I'm here to talk to the kids. And then seeing another one talking about, join me on Patreon to talk about how your parents made mistakes. You want to tell me like all those kids aren't capable of stealing a debit card? Like, are you stupid? I think you might be if you're making that argument. Like, I, th I think you might be stupid. And you don't know how kids work and the world works. But anyways, so I'm going to butcher her name, but Shamurin Nessa, um, you know, I'm going to have her back on this. I don't know how she feels about people like me. I don't know how she feels about like actual trans women because Jeffrey Marsh is not. But um, this trans woman has your back, Nessa. Uh, or Sh Shamuran. I'm so sorry. I'm butcher her name. I'm like, I'm going to have your back and butcher your name. Sorry. But you don't deserve what happened to you. She had a car vandalized. She's getting death threats for making these videos, being critical of Jeffrey Marsh for making this grooming content. And, you know, it's just really disgusting how TikTok will ban you for the slightest things. You breathe the wrong way and you're banned on TikTok. I was banned on TikTok. I had two strikes and then I was banned. First of all, I think it's three, but I got banned for two because someone on TikTok hated me. The first one was I was wearing a bikini that was, um, it was like a brown bikini, but I guess it was like somewhat flesh colored and like the censors thought I was like naked in the video, was not. Um, and second of all, the second strike was me making a video talking about how I'm biologically male. And I was banned. But Jeffrey Marsh can be up on TikTok talking about, I'm here to talk to the kids. Like, busted, crusted, rusted, I'm disgusted. So shout out to this woman for um, speaking up and we're going to play her video right now, which I feel really bad for her. So I just got an email saying um, pretty much a threat saying I know they know where I live and what scares me the most is um they have got my daughter's details on the email like what time I leave to drop them to school pick them up and it's not a coincidence because both of my daughters they go to two different schools so they know They've given the school details and everything. So, um, yeah, my, my daughters are involved now in this. As some of you might know that my car was damaged in this whole thing. Um, I was getting not very nice videos and now emails with a lot of details on the email. So I don't, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to talk about Jeffrey Marsh. I've deleted everything, removed it. If you guys want to go ahead, go ahead. But please don't do, don't, don't come to my house. Do you just get on with your life? I'll get on with mine. <laughs> you guys want me to say, I'm sorry. Fine. I'm sorry. Please don't come at me. Don't come to my house. Don't, don't do anything with me because I'm just one person, one person and specifically four or five of you have 
uh, four or five of you have kind of done stuff. Like some of you have found old pictures of me. <laughs> and uploaded it on TikTok without my hijab. So you guys have done that. I know you guys are going to. You guys are going to take the mickey out of this video. So, but my main thing is, please don't, don't continue this. I'm sorry. Please don't come for my kids. Here's why I believe her. Because people are like, how do you, how do, how, how do you see proof that she is getting death threats? Hi, I've been doing this for seven years. And what I've learned in those seven years is a lot of things. But one of them is that no one sends death threats like the trans community or at the very least their advocates right so i want to get out of the habit of blaming everything on like the trans community coming out of like trans inc because honestly 60 percent of the time when you look at who's actually doing it or saying it they're not even trans right they're just like some basic white liberal bitch being nasty on trans people's behalf so trans advocates trans activists no one sends death threats like them, right? Black Lives Matter does too. I think my first death threat ever was from Black Lives Matter. Um, the FBI had to get involved with that one. That was crazy. They were like literally posting um, pictures of my house. So that was scary. But in the last video, I shared a, an insane death threat from a trans woman who was saying she was going to peel my skin off. So yes, when you mess with that beehive, you deal with the consequences. And like I said, you know, during her video, I was thinking, get strapped, sis, because what has given me the utmost confidence to continue to speak truth and to continue to kick that beehive that needs to be kicked from within, by the way, because it's not enough to have people from outside the community trying to fix things. It'll never work. You have to have people from inside the community. You have to have the Buck Angels, the Blair Whites, the Marcus Dibbs, the, you know, name is going on and on. Not for too long, though, because only a few. Um, is that it, what's given me the confidence to do that and what's kept me, what's given me the longevity to do this for so long is knowing that I can't defend myself, right? So this is where, you know, firearm empowerment is real. I guarantee you if this woman, for which again, I highly suggest to her that she do this, especially if she has kids in the home, girl, get strapped. You don't look like someone who has a gun. I'm going to be honest. You don't look like someone who knows how to shoot a gun. Go take lessons, get a gun, get a Glock. Guns are not expensive. You can get a gun for, you can get a shotgun for like 200 and something bucks from Walmart. Like, and you will feel so much more secure and confident in your ability to protect yourself and your kids, for which that's clearly, as you're expressing, a high priority right now. And it's not just feeling it. You actually will be, right? Like, I have a Glock in my nightstand. I dare one of you hoes to run up in this house, in any room in this house. I dare one of you hoes to come up in here. You won't leave. At least not fully intact, baby girl. Baby boy, baby they, you will not leave fully intact. Something staying in this house. Something on you staying in this house if you come up in this house and think you can ever play with me. To every hoe that sends me a death threat, play with it. I dare you. And so the fact remains that Jeffrey Marsh is being protected by TikTok. I don't know why, because again, you get banned for anything, much less grooming and people want to play that tap dance it's not great you make videos talking about i'm here to talk to the kids and you're trying to teach them about how biological sex isn't real how their parents made a mistake that's grooming sorry that is my opinion so however jeffrey wants to feel about that i don't really give a fuck that's grooming i'm just really disgusted with the entire Jeffrey Moore situation. And since it's so hard to get behind the paywall, that's not hard, just who wants to give him money, but a, pe a few people have, and look at what's behind the paywall. 
If you are attempting to figure out if you want to go no contact, let me give you a tip. Go no contact first before you figured it out. If you tell your mother, for example, you're going to go no contact and she makes it all about her, she says, what the fuck does that mean? She uh, steamrolls over your experience or your emotions. She makes it all about her. She tries to manipulate you with guilt. That is really valuable information about how to proceed. If you go no contact and she says, I love you very much. I respect your decision. Please take as much space as you need. I'll be working on myself and I'm ready if you ever want to have contact again. That's helpful information too. Give it a shot. So as I'm watching this, I can't help but feel as though Jeffrey Marsh is an incredibly sick man, right? And not because Jeffrey Marsh identifies as non-binary, not because Jeffrey Marsh wears shitty eyeshadow and horrible dresses and calls himself they, them. Not any of that. That's obnoxious. The sick part is that Jeffrey Marsh is so damaged by whatever upbringing Jeffrey had. First of all, can we just say Jeff? the name Jeffrey is just a red flag. Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Star, the beef's dead, but I mean, you're crazy. Jeffrey Marsh, just saying. But you're so damaged by whatever upbringing you had, Jeffrey Marsh, that you want to split apart other families and you want to call it therapy or whatever on your Patreon. No. Encouraging people to distance from their families when you don't know their individual specific situation, just putting a blanket out like, if you're thinking about not talking to your family, don't. That's such horrible advice. As someone who's lost family, as someone who's had family disconnect from me, whether it's because I'm trans or whether because whatever, it is horrible. Family is all you have in this life. And honestly, like one of the things I struggle with the most is how alone I am in life, right? I don't talk about it a lot, but like I don't have family like that. And it really does bother me. I, I really feel like I'm like a lone person in this world. And so to prey upon people that come across your TikToks that may be having struggled relationships with their family and it may even be their fault. It may even be the person who's joining your Patreon to learn how to deal with their family problems, it might be their fault. And you're just blanket telling them, go no contact, don't talk to your family when they might be the problem. I'm not talking about people who, you know, disconnect from their family who are truly bad people because I've done that myself. Blood is thicker than water, not always, babe. I have people in my family who I've disconnected from because I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't accept that caliber of a person in my life. It was a friend or a romantic partner, a business partner, so just because you are technically related to me doesn't necessarily mean I have to have you in my life. But it's a very high bar to meet, to disconnect from your family. In my opinion, it needs to be very extreme. Like all these people who, you know, people want to throw around the word toxic and, and cut people out of their life. People do that way too much, right? Like I've had my dad die. Like I'm not talking to my mom right now. And that's a problem. It's a problem that I want to fix. I want to learn how to fix that. And so to be preying on these people that come in and, and have, are coming from broken homes or whatever, and you're just like, disconnect from your family. They're the problem. Your parents screwed up. You're screwed up, Jeffrey. You're screwed up. Not to mention, you have this other post on your Patreon, more on sex. Why do you have posts about sex when half of your TikTok videos funneling people into that Patreon Begin with, I'm here to talk about the kids. You're sick. It's a problem. And it's a problem that needs to be fixed by TikTok. I'm not saying vigilante justice. I'm not saying people need to go and do anything to Jeffrey Marsh. I am not calling for anything bad to happen to anyone. However, TikTok needs to get it together. You're literally seeing a pipeline of damaged, potentially kids going to a grown man's Patreon, forming on TikTok, and TikTok's like, 
I don't see anything. I don't see anything. It's an issue. You're an issue, Jeffrey Marsh. So you make all these videos talking about the issues with this community, the issues with this group of people, the issues that trans people face. You don't know anything about that, by the way. You're not trans. I need, maybe someone needs to tell Jeffrey Marsh, you're the issue. You're trying to split apart homes. You're trying to turn kids against their parents. Disgusting. You're the issue. So listen. We'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But it's just, it's just like, have I had a track showing this entire time? That is so ghetto. Oh my God. Is it fixed? I had a track showing. Wow. That makes me um feel a lot of ways. Anyways, so I wanted to do a new segment on the podcast because of the fact that news is slow this week and I just want to talk to you guys. So I asked you on Instagram, what do you want to ask me? What questions do you have for me? So we're going to get into that. So you guys sent me a lot of good questions, a lot of demented questions, but here are the good ones. Do you still talk to Shane Dawson, Trisha Paytas, or Jeffree Star? I don't talk to any of those three. I've never had um, like a talking relationship with Jeffree Star. Um aside from a couple FaceTime calls, never had a friendship or anything like that. So that was never a thing. Shane Dawson, that's a, an iffy one for me. I haven't talked to him in years. Um, I have not talked to him since I did that video about his sort of like cancellation. And, you know, maybe I should reach out because I think there's a misconception and I would feel this way. You know, if I was in the midst of getting canceled and someone I knew made a video about the cancellation, I wouldn't even watch it. I would just assume that they're piling on, right? Which I wasn't in the video. You know, I, I feel like I had the most forgiving video of Shane, you know, trying to talk about his own, you know, childhood trauma and how he's not necessarily the villain everyone thinks he is, even though it was unacceptable behavior that he was getting canceled for. Um, so I, I I don't have I don't have beef with Jeff, with Shane Dawson. Um, I wish him all the best. You know, I definitely owe Shane. Not oh, that's a big word, but I I can acknowledge that a big part of the way in which I started on YouTube was through Shane Dawson. Shane Dawson. Funny story about Shane. Shane put me on an airplane for the first time in my life. How crazy is that? Shane flew me from Chico, California, to Los Angeles, California. Um, to do his podcast when I had like 50k subscribers. Um, and that was my first time ever on a plane. Uh, he flew me out there and did the podcast and that was the first like big interview I ever did. Um, and you know, it just meant so much because Shane was and obviously still is a huge name in the YouTube world and I grew up watching him and so to be acknowledged by someone like that, I just, it was a crazy moment. Um, you guys know I did my collab with Shane and Hung out with him before, went to dinner with him and and Ryland and and whatever. But you know, that is a, a a human connection that I regret kind of dissipated. I wish him all the best. I don't have anything you know negative to say about him on a personal level, and uh, hopefully he's good. As far as Trisha Paytas, um, someone else asked me, "Is there anyone you ever regretted doing content with?" Trisha Paytas. <laughs> I regret ever doing content with Trisha Paytas because. I'm very big on loyalty and for Trisha to collab with me and then do like a TikTok video trying to throw me and Shane under the bus, posting a clip from my interview with Shane and trying to call us transphobic. Love how the person who pretended to be non-binary for clout is calling the actual trans woman transphobic. That was pretty disgusting. Uh, but again, I'm just big on loyalty and the fact that like if if I've been at your house and we've collabed and we've talked and she tried to get me to do her OnlyFans because she's one of the biggest um, trans chasers in LA, which is really bizarre. Um, you would have never thought, but like, hi. Uh, it's just like, why are you talking to Sean on your TikTok? Right? Like, that, ew. So I regret doing content with her. Um, so yeah, don't talk to Shane. Although I'm not opposed to it. Don't talk to Trisha because she's gross and have never really talked to Jeffree Star like that. So, oh, here's a good one. Do you still have beef with Miss Candace Owens? No, no. You know, 
it's so funny. The debate I did with Candace Owens, depending on who you are, is either like memory hold or it's like what you remember most from like back in the day of my career from. So like I'll get people that come up on the street and be like, what was it like doing the debate with Candace? And then I'll have people like, you debated Candace Owens? Like it's very extreme. It's very like people lived for it or they have no idea it happened. Part of it was because at the time, I don't think she even went by the name Candace Owens. She went by Red Pill Black. And I think she rebranded to Candace Owens like right after that debate. Um, You know, that was 2017. So that was six years ago now. Been on YouTube for seven years. So that was like when I was a baby YouTuber and, you know, I think it was a very ugly moment on both of our part. I think it was a little uglier for her. I think that she went like really hard out the gate and she, it was very ugly. Um, it's like, I've never screamed before in a live stream like that. So I think that, you know, I've obviously never talked to her since then. Like after two people have an ugly moment like that, like you're splitting ways forever. She's had me blocked forever. Um, but she recently did a video on Eliza Blue, actually. And it was literally the first, this is so crazy, the first piece of content I've ever watched of Candace Owens in that debate. Like, she's had me blocked on everything. I just have always naturally, like, avoided anything with her name. I'm like, ew. But because I was so interested in the Eliza Blue story, I actually watched that first video ever of <laughs> Candace Owens. Um, and... She like opened it by crediting me on my work and researching the topic. Credit a few YouTubers, but included my name. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never expected her to seek my name, especially in a positive way. So that was a small thing, but I was like, okay, it is what it is. Um, no beef for the simple fact that it was so long ago. It's like, if I held on to beefs like that, it's like, what kind of person would I be? Um, I know I was an entirely different person six years ago. I can only imagine she is as well. I know, I know nothing about her. Maybe she's not. I don't, don't know. But I don't have any negative feelings anymore. It's been so long. Uh, do you have a tea girl friends? I feel like we never see you bond with any. Uh, no, I, I guess I don't really have any trans woman friends right now. I've had a few through the years. You guys know that I was um, best friends with Eden the doll for years. Um, I find that trans woman friendships, it's just my experience. And it's not to say that I've never played a role in it. Obviously it's not like, Oh, woe is me, but like can be very toxic, can be very, um, competitive in a way that is very unhealthy. Um, I'm all for competition, but when it's unhealthy, that's in on like emotional way, that's like not cute. Um, so I don't have any. I would like to have some because some of the best, um, you know, days I can even remember were like having fun with Eden in Hollywood and having like this trans woman sort of sisterhood friendship that I think was very special. Um, and I think that if Eden and I met each other even a few years later in life, maybe the story would have gone differently. Um, and to this day, I'll never talk about exactly why we stopped being friends with the simple fact that I don't have falling out with people and then spread their business. And I wouldn't want them to spread mine. And um, again, I wish her all the best. Our friendship was so long ago at this point that I'm sure we're both very different people. Um, and I feel terrible about what happened to her in Hollywood when she got beat up. Um, so I would like to have trans girl friendships. It just doesn't uh, ever seem to work out. And I could very well be part of the problem here, but uh, I'm taking applications but there's not really any in Austin. So, I mean, there are, but let me not. Uh, what is your biggest source of emotional stress? This is worded weirdly. What's your biggest source of emotional stress? What keeps Miss Blair White up at night? Hmm. I think that the thing that I struggle with probably the most is feeling alone, feeling like I'm living a very, and everyone's living a singular experience. Everyone's an individual and their life is individual, right? But like I'm living one of the most like singular experiences actually in history. And the fact that, you know, a trans woman on the political right is something that had never really been done before, before me. Um, 
you can say Caitlyn, okay, she had those views as a man before she transitioned. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so I think just feeling like I can't necessarily talk to anyone and have them truly understand the very unique experience in that. And also the fact that I don't really have family I talk to. Um, you know, I'm estranged from family. I've talked about like not a good relationship with my mom lately. Um, so, you know, it's a very sobering thing to realize at 29. It's like, wow. It's like, you know, my life is like very much up to me in the sense of like, what happens if I lose everything? Where am I going? People are like, oh, if you lose everything, you go back home to your parents' house. I don't have a parent's house. (laughs) You know, it's like everything's on me, right? Um, I've always like taken care of me. So that's like a very heavy burden in a sense, because if you think about it, like most people have at least some sort of fallback, right? It's like, yeah, everyone's paying their own bills, but like if worst comes to worst, most people have like a family member or a cousin or a parent or someone they can fall back on. I have zero people that I can fall back on. Um, And then again, just living like a very unique, weird life. It's like YouTuber, trans, Republican. It's like it, even if I meet a trans woman that I become best friends with and understands me on that level, she's not going to understand the politics. And if I meet someone in politics who understands me on that level, they're not going to understand the trans thing. And then it's like the YouTuber thing. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's weird. So I guess just feeling super alone sometimes, but that's also not necessarily a bad thing because I am a lone wolf in the sense of I actually do feel like I thrive being alone. Um, so it's a weird double-sided thing, right? It's like, I I do think I was meant to sort of like do stuff on my own. That's what kind of life has always taught me. I was like always rocking solo dolo in in like middle school and even preschool. It's like always been like that. Um, it's not to say I don't have friends. It's not to say I don't have people in my life that I love. It's, It's just like, you know, she's lonely sometimes, but I don't say that in a bad way. It's just like, it is what it is. Uh, has anyone given you hate in real life over your videos? You get a lot of hate online, but what about IRL? No. Uh, I can't think of any time that someone's been disrespectful about like the content I make in real life. Even in LA, I mean, yeah, there was like the MAGA hat video where like I got like stuff thrown at me and whatever, but like, that was like I was filming a video and people act very differently when they see cameras. It's like everyone puts on an act when they're in front of a camera. Uh, but in terms of like someone coming up to him being me like, I don't like your videos. You're racist. You're any of that. No, no, never that. People, if anything, I've definitely met people who hate me in real life. I've actually met people who ask for pictures and then I look at their social media and they've posted how much they don't like me. Not like with the picture, but just like in the past. And I'm like, wow, that's like pretty fake and disgusting. Um, it's funny. People are only positive in real life. I get a lot of love, especially here in Austin. I actually get a lot of love on the street. Um, I feel like my demographic is very Texas. I've actually run demographics before and it's very like a lot of Texans. And so when I moved to Austin, I wasn't prepared for how many people here would recognize me. It's way more than LA. Despite the fact that LA is a bigger city, way more people in Austin recognize me. So I feel like pretty much everywhere I go, there's at least one person who, um, recognize me and is super positive. So it's always positive. It's never, it's never hate in real life. That's why I like the hate online doesn't really get to me because it's like, it's not even real to me. It's just people, the same people who are going to say they hate you online are the same people that are going to be like shaking and intimidated in person and ask for a picture. That's just like what I've learned over the years. So no. All right. So F Mary kill Michael Malice, Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, America needs to know. This is a horrific question. Um, Okay, Uh, marry Alex Jones, because I already am married to him, right? Actually, no, 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 no. I'm going to marry Joe Rogan because he's the richest. I think we'd be a cute couple. Am I wrong? Um... I cannot F Michael Malice. So I have to say, 
<laughs> Wait, this is all wrong because I don't want to F Alex Jones either. <laughs> I hate it. Okay, F Joe Rogan. Marry Michael Miles because we're already best friends. Kill Alex because I have to. Sorry, Alex. Although I don't want to do any of those things to any of these people, just to say. Um, how does it feel to be the baddest bitch out there? I'm tired. I'm tired. It's exhausting. Yeah. What advice would you give to your younger self? Is there something you would do differently then? Oh my God. Don't get in so many fights. I was such a like scrapper as a teenager. Like I was always in some random altercation. And half the time it was my fault, half the time it wasn't, but it was just always a situation. Um, but I would say on a deeper level, um, I would say don't be so hard on yourself. Like I, I remember being just so hard on myself as a teenager. It's like I remember and this is probably good advice for any teenagers watching me, for which I know a lot do watch me. I would say you, you, you're you not going to have it all figured out as a teenager. You're just not. Even the most like advanced teenager, it's like they, they're they advanced because they think they have it all to go. They think they know what their life's going to be like. They think they know where they're headed. And they really don't, you know? Um, I remember just beating myself up all the time as a teenager about how like, I needed to have stuff figured out. I needed to get it together. I needed to have a plan. And, you know, life's going to take you where life takes you. And it's not to say don't be responsible and sort of start paving the way for things like, you know, get good grades in school, apply for college, do all that. But don't be so hard on yourself when you don't have it figured out. Because I certainly didn't. I, if you would have told me as a teenager that my life is what it is now, I would have passed out and hit my head on the curb and cracked it and died. I would have never thought I would have the life I have right now. I would never have thought I'd be on Joe Rogan. I would have never thought I would have a podcast and a channel with a million subscribers and being able to do all the things I've done in my career and, and like have the very specific life I have never in a million years. So it just goes to show your life can go in so many directions and it's not to say you shouldn't, you know, try to steer things in, in the way you want, but also just know that it's going to go how it's going to go and to enjoy life, right? Like, I feel like I didn't enjoy my life a lot when I was young for a lot of reasons. First of all, I didn't live in the best household. And second of all, you know, gender dysphoria, whatever, but also just because I was so hard on myself and you really shouldn't be because life is so short and if I could have been just a little bit happier as a teenager by not being so hard on myself, I would. So just do not beat yourself up. All right. What's you <laughs> reacting to woke TikToks? I'm feeling spicy. So here's my hot take of the day. All white people are racist. Every single last one of them, all of them are racist. And I don't mean that to say like every single individual white person, if I talk to you, you would have some kind of racist ideology. I'm saying that as a white person, you uphold a system of racism by literally just being white. I believe if you're not spending your literal entire life dismantling racism, then you're contributing to its continuation. And people get so like, <gasps> whenever like I say like people are racist, like why is it such a big fucking deal? Like, yes, you're racist. Like, okay, we've established that. Now what are you gonna do to change it? Racism refers to power and race. If you are the powerful race in a society, then you're fucking racist. Like, I just don't understand why it's so taboo. Let's talk about it. Let's accept it so that we can work towards changing it. We're never going to get anywhere if people won't just fucking acknowledge it in the first place. So if people are having a negative, sounds like, reaction to you painting an entire race with a certain characteristic, particularly one of the most evil characteristics you can have, which is to be racist. Is it really a shocker that people are reacting negatively? Is, is, is it really a shocker that's not going over well at the bar or at school or where the fuck you're talking about that? Because you sound demented. And you sound like you need help. And you sound like someone hurt you. This type of mentality, where exactly does it get you in life? That's what I'm wondering. Right. First of all, the idea that every white person 
as quoted, needs to spend every moment of their life working to, to dismantle racism. Talk about a tall order. But also, again, where does it put you in life to even have this adversarial relationship with the world? It, it's so counterproductive. And this is the last thing she'd want to hear. And she would just instantly reject it. But it's the truth, which is why she would have such an emotional reaction to me saying this. You're actually racist, sis. You are. You are. You are negatively painting an entire race of people with an evil characteristic and then dare to fix your mouth to call them racist. You're projecting. Which is what all humans do to some extent, but it's very transparent when you do it. And you need to get it together. Can we talk about why they all have colored hair? I, people make this joke. People make this meme about how they have colored hair. But like, I'm sorry, it's such a thing. It's such a thing. And, I, and there needs to be some sort of study on it. At some point. All right, here is one. And for the audio listeners, um, this is a woman listing out her pronouns. Okay. So first of all, I love how in one of the ones she just swapped she, they, like April, she, they, May, they, she. Are you okay? I know all the TikTokers have, you know, multiple personalities now, but this is really extreme. And then people want to say trans isn't a fad. I'm sorry. This girl has pronouns, different pronouns for every month of the year. She went through January, February, March, April, May. And it's not an aesthetic. It's not a fad. It's not a trend. Disgusting. And I'm supposed to view these people this white lived out bitch as not like the main enemy of trans people. I'm sorry. I, I kind of do because no one look, no one makes trans people look like more of a joke than this crap. I would argue this makes trans people look like more of a joke than even Dylan Mulvaney who does everything in their power to make trans people look a joke, by the way, this is in some ways worse because you have delegitimized Trans as a concept doing this. Trans is not switching your pronouns every month. Trans is coming to terms with the fact that you're dealing with a medical condition, gender dysphoria, and deciding if you're going to do something about it or not. This is this this is pathetic. Busted, crusted, disgusted. Actually gross. Hi there. You must be new to my account. I say white to remind people that white supremacy is everywhere. Because in order for true equality to happen, white supremacy has to be dismantled. And a lot of people are not even aware of their use of whiteness unless someone like me points it out by calling it white. In your case, you as a white woman telling an Asian woman how to speak on her account is a pretty white privileged mindset. Because I would have never thought to go to your account and say, hey, your face is really annoying. You should change your profile photo. I would never say that to you. Like that would have never crossed my mind. Like who am I to tell you that? And you should have awareness of your actions. You as a white woman telling me how to speak is tone policing. And that's a behavior that's very common among white women. You may have not intended that, but there are many white women who act exactly like you. So that's why I say white to raise your awareness because it's so ingrained in you. You may not realize it. And maybe next time when you're about to do the very same thing, my annoying white will ring in your ear and stop you. So you're welcome. I hate her. I actually hate this person. I don't think this person deserves happiness. I think that this person is the most obnoxious, 
I don't have anything even insightful to say on this person. This person needs help. This was like the most disgusting woke TikTok I've ever, ever, ever reacted to on this channel. Everything about it. This is sick. Y'all think I'm mentally ill for being a tranny? Well, what's that? What's that? That is... Just disgusting. I have nothing to say other than like that person. I'm not even going to say what I'm going to say because that would be, I'll get banned. Okay. This mom transed her two-year-old son because he liked to dress up in dresses and makeup. Cute. Okay. So first of all, I will say that the process, the journey is ongoing and probably will be for potentially her entire life. But here's how it started. So she was uh, designated, assigned, observed male at birth. And until about 18 months, didn't really, you know, know too much, just kind of was raising two kids, working full time, not really paying attention to what was going on. And at around 18 months, started she started showing signs of like really being interested in things that her sister had and had in her closet and wanting to play dress up and wanting to put on lip gloss. And when she would see fingernails, she would want her fingernails painted too. And you know, we just, we thought it was cute. No issue. We had no issue with, you know, her wanting to do those kinds of things. Um, and then around the age of two, things started to progress at a quicker pace. And so each time that we would go to pick her up from preschool, she was fully outfitted in dresses and jewelry. And so I will say I was super stoked that we had such a wonderful childcare center that she was in because she was allowed to you know, experiment with her gender and play dress up and do those kinds of things and have access to them. So when I would go to pick her up from preschool, like I said, she would be dripping in, you know, just jewelry and clicky shoes and all kinds of stuff. And getting her to take that off to go home was usually a pretty gnarly struggle. Uh, and then pr around the age of four, she started wanting to wear like leggings and headbands. She had this one headband she was completely attached to that she felt, I, I look back on it now and think to myself, gosh, I wonder when she put that that headband on, she thought to herself, people see me for who I am. No one's going to misgender me now. Holy crap. I was waiting that entire video for this mom to lay out one reason that had nothing to do with clothes as to why her two-year-old starting is trans, is, is a trans girl. She only listed clothing. Can, can someone tell me when we're going to be ready to have the conversation about why it is only white upper middle class parents doing this? Obviously, there are exceptions. I know of. Okay, cool. It is overwhelmingly to anyone with a pair of eyes and a brain that this is an upper middle class white Caucasian thing. Other cultures ain't fallen for it. Why? Put it in the comment. Why? She just listed only clothing as if a gay son can't enjoy feminine clothing. Oh my God. So when they do it in Saudi Arabia, it's homophobia. And when they do it here, it's pro-trans. You see how it is? It's like, so her feminine male child is attracted to girly things. So it means they have to be trans. So it means they have to be set on a path of puberty blockers and sterilization and lifelong medicalization. You're sick. You're a horrible mother. And I don't care who's mad about that. You're a horrible mom. You're not accepting. You're not tolerant. You're not progressive. You're none of the, you're none of the above. You're actually regressive because you're trying to medicalize your son's possible homosexuality. Again, we're not placing a sexuality on the child like that, but Every gay guy I know has a similar story about liking Barbies as a kid, liking girly things as a kid, hanging out with girls as a kid. All of them. I actually don't think I know any gay guys who don't have that origin story. Demented. Your son wearing leggings isn't a reason to trans them. I'm sorry. Sorry. All right, I've, I've had it officially with all of this. 
that is it for this episode of the Blair Wire Project, you guys. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to this channel as well as my main channel. Please rate me on Spotify. Helps me out so much, more than I could ever, ever, ever say. And I love you. I'll see you in the next episode.